0: Hey, I'm Nikki, and my tip for photographers in general, I would say shoot analog. Teach yourself on an analog camera first. And my tip for street photographers is shoot from the hip. Hello, beautiful people. This is Rajiv, and I am
1: back with episode number 45 of the Photo Country podcast. I normally record only audio, and it feels very strange speaking to the camera for the first time for a monologue. Yeah, that's the first time for everything, I guess. In this episode, we talked to Nikki Clendening, a street and urban photographer from Auckland. I first met Nikki as part of a group exhibition back when I was first starting out in photography. And what was striking about Nikki's images back then were her deadpan sort of imagery, capturing the banality of life, of everyday life, I should say, on the streets of Auckland. So, without further ado let's get into the conversation hi nikki or nj however you want to <laughs> go by on the internet uh, but i know you as nikki so yeah. i hope that's fine with you that is okay um thanks for coming on this podcast and take yeah taking your time so tell me like you have nightshade on your uh, your personal uh, instagram and then NJC, I don't, I have a difficult time pronouncing
0: that word. <laughs> uh, in, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. NJC Photographic is my photography one. Yes, NJC Photographic. And then I also, yeah. Have
1: N- so, what's the logic behind those two different names?
0: Uh, Nightshade was just a, a bit of a nickname I had because I used to work in native forest restoration. So, uh, we used to kill all the invasive weeds and replant with natives um, and so obviously the the woolly nightshade is one of the worst invasive plants we have in auckland so that was just a reference to that but yeah njc photographic is my photography account and then i have njc landak which is when i do landscape architecture as well so
1: i thought nightshade was something to do with your music
0: <laughs> no it's it's just a a dorky reference to horticulture <laughs> Okay, I never made that connection. <laughs> so so you
1: have photography, you have music, obviously you love plants. Um, what's the type of plants that you love doing? Is it what? what? Do, is it called succulents?
0: Yeah, I mainly do
1: cac- cactus
0: Cactus and succulents okay. predominantly, but pretty much right. anything I will attempt to grow if I can get a cutting or a seed or something. So, And
1: is that a connection between the type of music? Uh, what kind of music do you do? I thought it was rock, yeah, right? it's, or is it hard heavy metal?
0: No, not heavy metal. It's sort of like a bit of grunge, a bit of emo, a bit of, like this, bit alternative. But yeah, with like a real, I think a real punk ethos. So we're sort of inspired by punk music, right. but we don't necessarily play punk in my band. So okay. So do you still play, or do you have a band right now? We're starting a band. We're just struggling to find a drummer who's like keen on playing so yeah but we got a couple songs going we might be playing a house party next month so
1: yep but is that a connection between your music and your the style of
0: photography that you do or is it just something that you just do i think it's just something i do like like yeah my my main three hobbies is plants music and photography so (laughs) I sort of alternate between which one I'm more interested in at any given time. And the landscape, I knew that you
1: were working with the city at, with in some capacity. Mm. You know, when we met those years ago in Connections, mm. uh, and then you sort of went and did a course at Unitech, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm studying and landscape architecture. Okay, still start doing that? I thought the course was next. I finish next year. So
1: as a landscape architect, you'd be looking at, again, like the topography or is that the kind of stuff we'll be doing or you'd like to do?
0: Yeah. So landscape architecture, like, I think there's a lot of people misunderstand what it is because there's like sort of a running joke that whenever, you know, people in my class, we talk about landscape architecture and what we're studying, people will be like, oh, cool. So like, can you come put some plants in my garden? And it's like, no, (laughs) it's really, it's more like urban design. So it's sort of, Right. Um, how cities function, how people move through spaces. And I think that has really linked in with my photography as well, because what I like to photograph is urban spaces and people in the city, people on the streets. So I always find when I'm traveling to other cities, people, you know, while people want to go look at sort of more tourist areas, I'm more interested in walking around sort of The urban spaces, the streets, you know, catching buses, catching trains, seeing how everything sort of functions and fits together. So that's what's, I think, mainly my photography is what made me interested in landscape um, and urban spaces. And then that's how I got into studying it. So it's a bit of a connection there between them. Right. And what are the cities that you've covered? I mean, in
1: terms of your urban photography, is it just Auckland or have you done other cities
0: as well? No, I lived. I lived over in Vancouver for about a year, so I really, really loved photographing Vancouver. Um, and I've, you know, I've done some other travel around, like just for holidays. Like I've been to, I've been a, through a couple cities in Japan. Been through, I think, about seven or eight states in the U.S. I've been through Europe. So, um, but it was quite cool to live in Vancouver because. I had the time to actually photograph the streets. Whereas I think when you're doing, you know, like a week in San Francisco, you kind of want to travel, but then you also want to photograph. So it was, it's sort of finding that balance, uh, yeah, between doing touristy things, but then also photographing streets and hanging out in alleyways and, you know, trying to get something, something cool to photograph. Vancouver was cool. Cause I found there's lots of people to photograph. There's lots of interesting, cool people, also i really enjoyed like the the ambient light in vancouver was quite interesting like it made my photos look quite cinematic whereas i found coming back to auckland the ambient light is a bit hasher so my photos look a bit different here so
1: yeah but how does it how does uh, auckland and vancouver compare so what are your um, like in in what sort of way i mean yeah in terms of from ph- photographically, as well as from a landscape
0: architect point of view, how do you compare both these cities? <laughs> Vancouver is probably one of the best cities in the world, honestly. You've got you've got really cool sort of downtown urban space. You've got all the sort of inner city suburbs. You've got really fast, effective train lines that run between the neighborhoods. Um, the buses are pretty good. Um, you're right on the on the coast as well so you've got the ocean and then you're also right on the the mountains as well and so it's sort of like mountains ocean city so it's 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 quite a cool combination and all the yeah all the little neighborhoods are quite different as well like i lived in the i lived on the east side um in commercial drive area so that it was quite cool. Like I really enjoyed it, and yeah, the, the ambient lighting is really diff- is really quite different there. So they do a lot of a lot of filming happens in Vancouver. Like Lionsgate Film is based in Vancouver, so a lot of stuff on Netflix um, is all filmed there. And when I lived there, pretty much every day where I catch a bus to work, I'd go past a film set that would like be filming on location somewhere. From what I heard, it's because the west coast of the US that ambient light is so nice. That's why Hollywood is based where it is. But it's expensive to film in Hollywood now, so they film in Vancouver a lot. And if you watch, you watch stuff on Netflix or whatever, and you'll be like, "Oh, that's that's in Vancouver. Oh, that's a Granville Street." Like you recognize the spaces. It's quite interesting. Like I've been there, (laughs) so yeah. So all my photos were like they looked. I thought they looked quite cool, and then I came back to Auckland and when COVID happened, and I was like, "Oh, damn! (laughs) Got to change my got to change my style a little bit again." So
1: yeah, did it change your photographic style uh, because you lived in a different city?
0: A little bit, yeah, I find like I find like the sh- when you're shooting street in Auckland, especially on Queen Street, I find the shadows and the lighting is a lot it's a lot harsher. so like um, especially with the type of paving they use on Queen Street, it sort of makes your shadows a lot darker, but your light area is a lot brighter. so there's it's a little bit more difficult to get that like, your camera settings. Correct. If you're shooting very quickly, which is what I do.
1: What's influenced your um, photographic style? Like you, on the description, you say street, deadpan, a candid. Yeah. I mean, I definitely identified deadpan with your photography right from the connection stage. <laughs> I, in fact, I remember having that conversation with you as well about the type of images that you were bringing to the table. How, how did that come about?
0: Well, you mean like just in terms of like how I got to what I photograph now? Yeah, yeah, like the
1: style essentially, like deadpan. Like I, I don't see a smiling face anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? <laughs> and like everything is very, you know, like in the moment, very very Vivian Merish in terms of the compositions as well? Was that did it come from somewhere or was it just instinct?
0: I kinda I kinda like I guess like documentary. Is what I'm interested in, um, so I always feel like what I try to shoot is sort of capturing everyday life, I, which I find quite interesting. So, like you know, I do enjoy photography of like you know amazing landscapes or something, but I really find sort of people in the everyday. I I enjoy trying to find. Interesting things in the banality of life, I think, that's what it is. So, you know, you might w- walk, right. walk down the street every day and you're walking to work or something and you don't sort of look at people, you don't notice anything. But if you walk down that same street with a camera and you're trying to see shapes or colours or patterns or something, you'll suddenly look at that street really differently. So I like capturing, I guess... Capturing artwork where you wouldn't really expect to see it, I think is what it is. I I always found it
1: difficult shooting streets, especially people I feel I don't know, very uh, very challenging. Mm. But often I've been shooting streets at the night and Mm. I found that very liberating, you know. In some manner and suddenly I've stumbled onto a style which I think I can after all these years of trying to find my style, mm. suddenly I feel like I've sort of, hey, that looks like me, mm. kind of a thing. But how is it, you know, shooting streets during the day, facing complete strangers, I find it very intimidating. I, I guess that's another challenge of doing street. Mm. Yeah, I think... What do you say to that? How, how do you do that?
0: <laughs> how do I do it? I tend to, I tend to do it so that people aren't aware I think that I'm photographing them because I, I want photos that aren't staged. I don't want them necessarily posing for the camera. So I tend to uh, set my camera settings up, you know, I usually do it with quite a fast shutter speed. So like one two thousandth or one fourth, four thousandth of a second or something in a really wide aperture. And then i shoot from the hip basically almost never use the viewfinder or the or this lcd screen or anything tend to just point it and shoot it from the hip which is uh, something i learned when i was really into Lomography, which is the toy camera guys that do the the film cameras and they have a bunch of little toy cameras and a lot of their style was like oh shoot from the hip so you kind of get used to where your camera is pointing and what you're going to be capturing, but you do get quite a few misfires and you end up, you know, completely, completely missing what you're sh- what you're photographing. So it's quite experimental
1: and quite fresh. Yeah, but how do you identify the composition that what you're going to shoot? Like, how do you visualize? It? Like, how do you know that because you're shooting from the hip, you're not actually looking at your screen or f- framing your scene? Do you have like an articulating screen?
0: do have a screen that flips up because i shoot with the fujifilm so they do have a screen that flips up. but i almost find that a little distracting sometimes as well but yeah you can you can hold it quite low and shoot while looking down so almost like shooting with the twin lens reflex but yeah it's it just takes a bit of practice and knowing sort of roughly what's going to be in your viewfinder which is some sometimes how i get those sort of more interesting angles when i'm shooting people because i'm just kind of like holding the camera down here and just firing the Shutter, hoping that I actually capture what I think I'm capturing. But yeah, a lot of the times it'll be a misfire, like I'll chop someone's head off and I'm like, oh, well, you know, at least I'm not sh- shooting analog and having to pay for that. I think it's uh, it's also interesting because you never
1: know how it's going to come out, mm. right? That's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it's the, it's the benefit of shooting digital as well, is that you can, you can practice yeah. over and over and over and over. So when I first started photography. I was shooting on analog, so I was a lot more careful about what I was photographing.
1: Going back to the beginning, what got you into photography?
0: Originally, I, I would say I was probably about like sort of 15 or 16, and we had like a like a Sony Cybershock, 5.1 megapixel little digital camera. And I was really interested in capturing photos with that. So I would do sort of experimental photos, like, you know, playing with light and stuff and trying to just create images that didn't look like photos i guess so much when i was a teenager but then when i got a little bit older i was maybe like 19 on a whim my dad bought two old uh cameras off trade me for like 20 bucks it was a pentax p30 and a shinon uh i don't know what that camera was but it was something and he just did it on a whim because my dad was a photographer Uh, Back in the 70s, he shot with the Pentax Spotmatic 500 and he was really, really into it. In the 70s, he bought these massive lenses. He had a a darkroom set up and everything. And he told me stories that he would go to events, like he'd go to the horse races and stuff. And they would just let him in for free because they thought he was like a legitimate newspaper photographer because he had such expensive equipment for back then. Whereas now, you know, so many guys have expensive equipment, it probably wouldn't work anymore. And he'd develop all these photos and stuff. So on a whim, he bought these old cameras when I was about nineteen, and I was like, "Oh wow! Like, how do you how do you use this? How do you sh- how do you you know?" So he taught me the basic how to use the the Pentax P30, like how to use the light meter and do the apertures and stuff. So I shot my first roll of film when I was nineteen, and ever since then I was hooked on it. So I bought a bunch of different film cameras. I think I have like twenty different old film cameras from like the 1950s onwards. And I've shot film through most of them, and some of them don't work very well and some of them are quite good and then i got my first slr camera in about 2012 and that was a pentax as well my dad bought it for me then in 2017 i upgraded to fujifilm decided to go mirrorless because i thought it worked better for street photography
1: fujifilm has this reputation you know as like its film simulations are so good etc how do you find it working with fujifilm
0: I actually really love my Fujifilm. Um, there was a couple of reasons why I picked it. So um, actually it was a Fujifilm XT twenty. So the reason I picked it was it's mirrorless, so it's much smaller than your your DSI cameras, which works for me with street photography. I also like you can also program some of the buttons and stuff which I found quite useful. So I I took off all the sounds so there's no like focusing sound, you know, as so people don't don't hear the little beep beep when you're trying to like focus. Your camera in public, so it's like a stealthy sort of little camera. But also, I quite liked the functionality of it, so it feels more like I'm using an analog camera, just the way the Fuji film is built. Like, the body of the camera feels more analog. It's more tactile the way that I shoot with it. Like, the other day at work, they wanted me to photograph some event that was happening, and they handed me this, like, huge Canon, and I was like, it was like, Fifty thousand buttons on it, and I'm like, I don't know how to use this, man. So, you know, like you would cha- you change the aperture using buttons and stuff, and I don't really like that. I like to actually physically change it on the lens, like so. Fujifilm feels like the photography that I I learned, which was analog, um, but it has the benefit of being digital. People have actually asked me, like, oh, are you shooting with analog? And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's just a Fujifilm. <laughs> and what's the focal length you use? Like, do you, uh, do you use wide or do you do like a more... The, lens, the standard lens that I'm using on it, which I pretty much just use all the time, is 18-55. to 55. But with the Fujifilm, because the sensor... It's something weird. I read about it. It's something like the sensor on the inside is like half the size of a regular sensor. So you actually times your focal length by 1.5. So it's 18 to 55, but it's actually more like 27 to 70 or something like that. So, and then I, and that's the standard XF lens, which is the nicer quality ones. And then I got a XC lens, which I think is 55 to 200, I think, which I haven't used in a while, but that one, I don't like as much because it doesn't have the aperture on the lens. Like it's like, you got to do it with the buttons, which I'm not such a fan of. It's a slightly lower end lens, but I got it on like a half price sale. So I couldn't pass it up. So between your, your
1: love for gardening, landscape, architecture, classes, uh, how do you find time to pound the streets and capture photography? Or do you have like a set pattern like? Once a week, you go out to I'm, do some photography, or I, I wish. It?
0: <laughs> it's kind of more like when I'm feeling the inspiration for it, because if I'm not feeling it, the photos don't turn out. Yeah, coming back to New Zealand after COVID kind of like screwed me over a little bit because I lost I lost a lot of my passion for it for a while. But more recently, I've been feeling it again, so I'm trying to get trying to sort of get back into it and try it sort of regularly photograph
1: a bit more as well. Like is, is that like a specific location that you go to? Like, how do you choose where you go and shoot?
0: Sometimes, I, sometimes I'm just driving around and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And I, I come back to a, a place or something. Um, but I really do quite like um, marketplaces. I think if you're sort of trying to get into street photography and it's a bit, you know, it's a bit scary, I think marketplaces are the best just like Fram's markets particularly, or like Avondale markets is really good. There's always a lot of people, they're all focusing on something else. You know, they're all trying to buy their carrots or something. So no one's really looking at you or your camera. Um, so I find spaces like that are quite, quite good to photograph. Or yeah, just I guess around Auckland City, CBD is pretty good. But I haven't done that one in a while, so maybe I should go for a walk around that at some point. Somehow, I don't know, I don't find Auckland
1: that interesting for street photography. I'm not much of a street photographer, so I'm possibly the wrong person to, you know, ask. But what do you think? Is it bad to Vancouver? Do you find Auckland really interesting to shoot?
0: I think after a while, it does get like... When you've walked the same street for quite a while, it gets a little boring, you know? Because, like, you sort of know what to expect, so... That's why, yeah, traveling is pretty good. And then you shoot a different city for a couple of weeks, and then you come back to Auckland. And then awesome.
1: <laughs> Once you finish your course and you become a landscape architect, do you think photography will still play a role in your profession, or will it still be a hobby in the future? Like, how where do you think this is going? I don't.
0: I don't think it could ever be a side hustle for me. I I always wanted to do like um, an exhibition or something. You know, a street photography exhibition or something, but. I'd have to probably get a bit more photography done, sort of improve a bit more. Yeah, but that would right. that would probably be something I would do rather than trying to sort of make it a commercial sort of venture. Because yeah, I just don't think street photography is really right. something that people would purchase and I don't know hang on hang on their wall on their lounge or
1: something. Awesome. Are there any influences in your street photography? Like, is there any specific photographer
0: that you admire? I have, I have two favorite photographers of all time. Um, so one is a street photographer, which is Vivian Meyer. She, if I don't know if you know about her, but she basically shot, I think like it was like a hundred thousand images. She couldn't afford to actually get them developed. So she just put them all in storage and then she ended up passing away or something. And they, some, some dude bought her storage container. And started developing her photos and she <laughs> is actually like one of the most prolific street photographers around like New York and Chicago, I think in the 1950s, beautiful images. So I really love her style. And my other favorite photographer is actually more of a studio based photographer, which is Robert Maplethorpe. So he was also in New York city in the seventies and probably his most famous photograph is the cover of Patti Smith's. First album, which is Horses, he shot it with. Um, oh, I forget what sort of camera he used, but yeah, that that black and white image of her is probably his most famous, almost well-known image. But I got to go to um, an exhibition, a uh, Maplethorpe exhibition, when I was in Sydney a couple of years ago. Um, I didn't even know it was on; it was just by chance it was on at the Art Gallery. So that was quite cool to see all his photos up close. So that was quite cool. Um, but he, yeah, he did studio, basically studio lighting, sort of photo of people mainly and flowers but yeah
1: and going back to the the thing that we where we met which is connections did it uh, sort of influence your growth as a photographer
0: yeah I think so like I was shooting with my old Pentax back then and it sort of inspired me to actually get the Fujifilm because I thought I I think it reminded me how much I enjoy photography so I spent a bit more money on it as a hobby I think after that but yeah it was an it was an interesting experience I think because he had to like shoot to a theme, right? So, but then right. I'm not sure if anyone recognized the th- the theme in my photos. But yeah, what was
1: the photograph that finally made it to the list? I don't even remember.
0: <laughs> I got I got three that were chosen. So, one of them was like a mannequin head that I'd seen in a shop in K road. Right. The other one was just like that random building that I'd found out in like Hobsonville that had like the doorway through to the other side. Right. And then the third one, I actually took a photo of my mum in her, in the backyard. And she was like, right. pe- yeah, no, I she was pretty shocked that there was okay. a, like a huge photo of her displayed at Queens Wharf. <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs>
1: right. 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 Okay. Awesome. So uh, closing out this conversation, I want to just touch upon your experiences in social media. You recounted a, like a very funnily, why you named uh, your
0: feed, whatever you call it right now. Uh, I go, talk, talk me through that. Why I go by my initials on Instagram instead of my name? Yeah. It's, it's because I'd read something online that if you're an artist or a photographer and you're a woman, uh, you tend to be you tend to get these dudes who'll be like, oh yeah, she sucks because she, you know, she's a woman photographer like you know. Um, so as a sort of social experiment, I decided to go by my initials, which is just NJ. Um, and I found that 70% of my followers on my Instagram for my photography are dudes and I'm like, that's fine, you know. maybe there's just more dudes in photography. I'll get comments on my photos or they'll like private message me or something. And they'll be like, Hey, bro, love your photos. Hey, man. Hey, dude. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it's like, it's just, it's quite interesting that they just assume I'm a dude, but there's nothing, Mm -hmm. there's nothing on my account that says, Hey, I'm a dude tags. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I even tag my photos as a couple tags that are like woman street photographers, woman photographers, and like, they don't notice those hashtags, but it's quite funny. So I don't really care. Like whatever, if they want to follow me, that's all good. But it was yeah, it was a <laughs> it was an experiment because I wanted to be <laughs> judged on my actual photography rather than people being like, oh, I'm not fo- I'm not following a chick or like you know, oh, I'm following her because she's a woman sort of thing. Yeah. So,
1: but is that true? I, don't, I mean, there's a lot of women photographers around who have huge followings.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was just something something I read, so I thought I do, it. and now I sort of yeah, I sort of yeah. continue that on with my with my. Um, landscape architecture at uni as I always put my my initials instead of my first name on my assignments and people ask me why I do it. And I'm like, "Oh, I'll tell you later.
1: <laughs> right, right. So what next, Nikki, for your photography? Like where do you see it going? Do you see it continue in the same vein, you know, sort of Vivian Mayer-ish type street photography or do you see yourself branching out trying other genres as well?
0: I think street and urban stuff is definitely my style like I've tried to do like landscapes and stuff and I'm just like eh, nah like I appreciate people who can do really beautiful landscapes and you know or like really beautiful animal photos and stuff but it just it just doesn't appeal to me the way I like to shoot which is just really really fast photography getting capturing as much as I can sort of documenting the banality of everyday life or you know cr- creating artworks out of stuff that People don't find beautiful, I think, is what really I I find quite interesting. Finding the, finding, oh, how do I word it? Like you could walk past an ugly old building every single day and like you just think, oh, yeah, it's an ugly old building. But if you capture it at the right angle with like the correct lighting and, you know, you get some sort of person walking by and make it interesting, suddenly this ugly old building becomes like quite, quite beautiful, you know? Like so capturing that beauty in, in spaces that aren't inherently beautiful, I think is what I like to do.
1: Well, it's very, very Japanese in mindset, I suppose, like the, uh, what is it called, uh, wabi-sabi mm. philosophy. Mm. It's a thing it's very much into decay and imperfection. Mm. And you have this style of pottery where they put together broken pottery and, mm. you know, yeah, using that, gold to mine it together. You know, that sort of thing, I suppose. I
0: just find those those urban spaces really, really interesting.
1: Awesome. That's great. Thanks for joining me on this podcast, uh, Nikki. That's also all good. <laughs> very thankful for your time. So, that's a wrap for episode number 45. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Photo Country podcast as much as I did bringing it to you. Please do like, share, and subscribe to my Substack newsletter. That is photocountry.substack.com. I appreciate each and every one of you for sticking around till the end of this conversation. Till the next episode, stay safe and keep clicking. This is Rajiv signing off.